Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Welcome to Mamma Mia Out Loud, what women are talking about three times a week. I'm Holly Wainwright. I'm Mia Friedman. And I'm Jessie Stevens. And on the show today, is there a very valid reason why you can't seem to stop shopping right now? Online shopping in particular. Welcome to the endless pit of desire. And what is concern trolling and has it actually saved a few lives? But first, Jessie. The shadow pandemic. This is a term we've heard a lot about this week and it's become political and some would argue a little bit coded. So it's hard to know where to begin. Uh, The discussion around kids and mental health has really prominently entered the discourse probably in the last two weeks or so. Data on mental health rates and suicide rates can be really hard to get in real time. But what we do know is that Lifeline is routinely breaking records for the most calls in a single day. Doctors are anecdotally saying that emergency departments are seeing far more young people in the midst of mental health crises. And if you look at homepages around the country, you will see stories about youth suicide. An Instagram account was started called The Shadow Pandemic out of Victoria, and they cite a bunch of statistics. So one is that Kids Helpline says there's been a 184% increase in suicidal ideation among kids in Victoria. Mental health advocates are saying that every lockdown is making this worse, and there's been calls for mental health cases to be reported alongside COVID cases at press conferences and to have paediatricians and mental health experts at the table when it comes to these lockdown decisions. But here's where we get to a little bit of a problem. Some people posting about the shadow pandemic are silent on the subject of vaccinations. Some high-profile influencers who are vocally anti-masks, anti-vax, have been decrying the impact of the shadow pandemic. The term itself for that reason has become loaded and it leads us to ask, is this just a new, more palatable way to be anti-lockdown? Are we using kids' mental health to push an agenda or can two things be true at the same time? Mia, you've advocated on behalf of both. You love a good vax. I do. But you also don't like children being mentally ill. I don't. I don't know if you can have those two positions at the moment. I can. (laughs) And I do. It's really interesting. We've been speaking a little bit about how you can find yourself in bed with funny people uh, around the issue of COVID and lockdowns. For example, Holly Wainwright is no longer in bed with Jacinda Ardern. Mm, No. Her partner, because Jacinda Ardern is pushing for zero COVID and Holly believes that zero COVID is not realistic or sustainable, as do I, as do many people. But Jacinda is no longer in bed with us, Holly. I know, it is a bit upsetting. You know how I feel about Jacinda. She'll join our bed again. And some of the people in my bed are 
people I don't share opinions with about anything else, like some right-wing news columnists. But here's what I think. I think this is a little bit of a symptom, this idea that, oh, you can't support the shadow pandemic and the idea of mental health in kids because maybe some of those people don't believe in vaccines or maybe some of them don't believe in lockdown. I think it's a bit symptomatic of that idea of if you don't agree with everything I agree with, you're dead to me. Whereas before we used to be able to say, look, you know, me and Hull don't agree on politics, but we agree on a lot of other things. That's why we're friends or me and Jesse don't agree on capitalism say, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we still love each other and we're friends. And I just think that what the shadow pandemic is doing is drawing attention to the fact that the complete focus for 18 months now has been on this idea of we want to have zero COVID cases and as few deaths as possible. Now, I don't think anyone disagrees that we want as few deaths as possible. What the shadow pandemic and other groups are starting to say is there are other costs When we talk about the toll of the pandemic, what about some of the other costs like the mental health of children and the mental health of adults? The fact that businesses are going under, the economic recovery of our country. Which is complicated because that's what anti-lockdowners say and that's what in fact conspiracy theorists say is that there are people I follow that are arguing this exactly and Jill Stark, who is a mental health advocate, did a brilliant video, we'll link it in the show notes, about how we must stop weaponizing kids' mental health. She says, let's stick to the facts. And the data shows that there actually has been no increase in suicides in Victoria. And she says that you've got politicians who have opposed a mental health levy who now won't stop talking about kids and mental health. So you can kind of see people's scepticism. What do you think, Holly? I think that although obviously we are very pro-science and very pro-data, it is hard to tell parents that there is nothing to see here when it comes to the mental health of both their children and themselves. Mm. And I know not only parents, obviously, like I know, I know I'm not suggesting by saying that, that there aren't plenty of other people whose mental health is struggling enormously, but it's hard to say there's nothing to see here when we are stressed. And when I say we, I don't even, I don't necessarily mean me, right? Like my Mm. position is exceptionally privileged in that I can do my job from home. I have enough devices and understanding of how to use the devices for my kids to be able to be doing their schooling from home. I, well, in theory, I have the time to supervise them. That's not really happening that much. But my personal position on this is very privileged. And in a minute, we're going to talk about people whose position certainly is not. However, the stress levels among ordinary, in inverted commas, And that does mean privileged people when it comes to parents of kids who they see are struggling daily, like the parents are struggling, the impact of that on the children. Like it's really hard to pretend that's not happening. And I agree with you, Jesse, that I would hate for my feelings about that to be co-opted by a group who are actually agitating for something else. What I've seen reported by reputable sources is that the shadow pandemic Victoria as an organisation, if indeed it is an organisation, are calling for schools to be the last facilities to close and the first to open. Now, that's a complicated argument because of teachers, but if we could nail that particular part of that argument, I would be very much supportive of that too because society can't function with the kids not at school Mm. and the kids aren't functioning without going to school. So I think... 
there are things there that I definitely agree with. But then do I also believe when I see that actually this this organisation has been started by a lot of self-interested business people in Victoria and hasn't really got anything to do with mental health. But hang on a second. When you say so, all of these things are intertwined. Tell me about the health of children whose parents are losing their livelihoods, who are, you know, under enormous pressure. I think this idea of your self-interest doesn't impact on mine. I mean, if COVID has shown us anything is that everything is interconnected and to have a healthy society, we need to acknowledge that connection. And, you know, I, I was warned that by a number of people that the shadow pandemic as a group were anti, had an anti-vax, you know. Or, or didn't state what their vaccination yeah. stance and was. and I asked them directly. I DM'd them and I said, what's your position on vax? And they're like, well, obviously that's the way out of this, but we've made a concerted decision that we don't want to become that we want to keep mm. the fo- on our platform we want to keep the focus on kids but then you say holly you're right like how how can you just say well, we want kids to go back to school if there's no conversation about vaccines and when that can happen safely so you need to sort of have them both in the same breath or do you i mean can you just say we're just going to talk about this specific issue or not i mean like alan joyce obviously Qantas has got a very pro-vax platform because, and that's that's very tied in closely with their business interests. But I think the two things are both good for Australia. No. Yes, but we've we've seen firsthand in the last two weeks what happens when vulnerable communities who don't have the vaccination rates they need when COVID gets into them. Holly, what's happened in Will Kenya? So if we're talking about people who are suffering greatly in the current outbreak. I mean, it's everywhere you look, but it's hard to look past an entire community in New South Wales West at the moment, right? So Wilcania is a town that's on the way to Broken Hill. So it's out West. It's, um, you know, in a, in a sort of very dry, arid region on the way out to Broken Hill. It was once a sort of thriving riverside port town, not so much anymore. Uh, the population there is 60% Indigenous. It's exactly the kind of place, because it has also communities around it, that health experts have been terrified that COVID was going to infiltrate and what would happen if it did. And in this recent New South Wales outbreak, it has. And as of Tuesday, Wilcania had recorded 73 coronavirus cases, which doesn't sound that enormous until you consider the population is only 700, 720. So that, even with my bad maths, is about 10% of the population. There are a few reasons why the health experts have been so worried about COVID reaching this kind of place. Health facilities are close to non-existent. There is one ventilator, for example, in Wilcania. The population already struggles with several health crises. Life expectancy is dramatically lower than in the rest of Australia. Vaccination rates are very low, which is a point of a lot of argument and much frustration from the local Aboriginal health services. They've been saying for a while now that every year, They successfully roll out the flu vax and the children's immunisations to their community and that if the federal government had worked more closely with them in this 18 months that they've had to get the shit sorted out Mm. in the country, then we would not be so far behind now in a place like Wilcania. And lastly, just because of basic supplies. In communities around the area, they might only have one local shop that might be then closed because there's been a COVID case there and that leads to disaster. And that is where we can help. 
because there are a few GoFundMe's going around to raise money to get supplies to these much to these areas that need them greatly, as well as some organisations who are raising like basic care packages that you can buy on behalf of yourself to be sent out. So we're going to put links in our show notes to all those places. We know how generous Outlouders are, and I think that we can all agree that wherever it's it's exhausting everybody shouting at each other about zero covid versus lockdown versus should have done it sooner versus need to go harder versus need to go longer versus open up but what we all agree on is that the places that are at most risk need the most protection mm. that seems whether that's making sure that all the healthcare workers at an aged care facility are vaccinated or whether towns like Wilcannia should have been thought about earlier which is what the people there say but if we can help in any way I know that we want to do that just a reminder that all the links to helping uh, this community and others like it are in our show notes today if this segment brought up anything for you or you want to speak to someone then please call lifeline on 13 11 14 hi Mia Jesse and Holly it's Amanda from Sydney and I am a high school teacher I'm recording this message after I just finished a full day of Zoom teaching with my high school students. It is really hard to believe that we're going to be in this situation until November. The students are craving that personal connection that just gets lost over Zoom. So positive vibes out there and hopefully we can get into the classrooms a lot quicker. Thank you to you girls for always validating the many thoughts many women around Australia and around the world are feeling at the moment. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. An article by the writer Emma Gray got our attention this week. She was writing from Brooklyn, New York, which obviously is kind of emerging from their long winter of a pandemic. They've just had a, a hot vac summer, which was rather dented by the Delta outbreak, but still, they're out of their homes now. She wrote in this story that was about the endless pit of desire, which is a great tag, that she had been obsessing about a table that she wanted to buy on the internet. And she said, the truth is, I do not need this table, nor could I even fit it properly in my tiny Brooklyn apartment. But it doesn't stop the wanting, a feeling that has defined much of the last year for me. In the absence of a constant flurry of experiences, a gnawing desire to fill the gulf with things cropped up. And thus a cycle began, she writes. Melancholy, online shop, anticipation, dopamine hit, repeat. <laughs> I bought so many physical things this year, she says, and dreamed of so many more in an attempt to paper over all the intangible things I couldn't have. Is that speaking to anybody on this call? So much. Uh -oh. And I'm not, I'm not a massive purchaser, but I'm a big browser. 
I've got my eye on things. That's what I can relate with is I follow so many like interior design accounts and I love a bit of Pinterest. I like to look, I follow this Instagram account called like Nordic Style <laughs> and it's, it's just got lounge rooms with like nothing in it and a table and a window or something and it just. Lots of wood. It's just wood. and Lime washed wood. And, and neutrals and like maybe a bookcase mm. and a, a throw and I just, I love it and I don't necessarily want to buy the things because I don't have money to buy a Nordic style house right now. But what it does do is it stimulates me and it, I think it's about hope. In a weird way, it's about hoping for a brighter future, my Nordic style obsession. Because when I'm depressed or, or when I'm really not engaged with the world, I don't want to buy anything because I don't look forward to anything and I'm struggling with excitement and stimulation and aspiration, which we often see as really bad things and they can be bad things. But having aspiration can also be good because you trick yourself into thinking you'll be a different person when you buy those pants. And that's maybe a little bit okay sometimes. And I also think we've thrown ourselves into a collective state of perpetual nesting So we're just nesting constantly because we're like, obviously, you know, you're looking at your walls and you're going, I want new art, whatever. But it's, it's all we have control over are these, what's in these four walls. And there's something quite liberating about that because it's very doable. It is. The number of times I have organized and reorganized my makeup and my beauty Mm -hmm. products. I've just bought some more little acrylic drawers from Officeworks and I've got a kind of vision about how I'm going to reorganize my makeup for the hundredth time. Look, unpopular opinion, I've always preferred things to experiences. (laughs) You have, it's true. You're very very of these times, me. I feel very shallow saying that, but I just always have. I like, I'm a bowerbird. I like collecting things. I like nesting, I like pottering, I like rearranging things. When I go on holidays, I really miss my things. Mm. I miss things, objects. And I've really missed the hobby. I mean, shopping is a hobby for me and I don't have to actually even buy the things. You say you like browsing. So on weekends, I'll go walking and looking in shops or I'll go to Westfield or I'll, I, I like that visual stimulation and the tactile nature of trying things on or looking at them and thinking about how would they look in my home or who you would might I like be to buy this book who I might be it's about possibility isn't mm. it and it's also about control and it's also you know I've got um, a couple of my friends always talk to me about oh I'm eating my feelings I buy sparkly things for my feelings you do yeah it it self soothes me and it's a I get a dopamine hit that I yeah, that, that I really crave. What about you, Hull? I, I um, relate hard to the dopamine hit of a package at the moment. We're all very excited by packages, right? Anything that's arriving at your house is a highlight in a day when not much else is going on. But like my longing isn't really for stuff, but it's for who I think I could be tomorrow because I think mm. that when you feel like you're failing all the time, it's like you, you guys were just saying about the endless possibilities. When you feel, if you feel like you're failing, like as a home teacher, for example, I found myself online the other night at Bunnings and just buying all this craft product for the kids 
that will make my home a disaster, mm. will literally make my home a disaster. And also, I don't really have time to do any craft with the kids anyway. So it's just like throwing a load of boxes at them and being like, here, that solved things. There's your art for this afternoon. Like, And then the excitement of it coming I can't stop buying beauty products. That's what I'm shopping. Mm. I'm not shopping furniture. I'm shopping serums, creams, endless lip colors, which is pointless, right? Because I'm not going anywhere and nobody's seeing me. But there's just something about the dopamine hit that I recognize in this of like the package arrives, I open it. <gasps> Exciting. And then, oh, and I find that when I'm stressed, I won't even realize I'm doing it, but then I look up and I'm adding things to cart. You know, it's just what's happening. And I always think everything that I buy, I'm like, done. My life is done now. My life is complete. All I needed was that mascara and now I can stop. I've made I'm finished. It. I'm who I've I got need to, to be. to the end of my bottomless pit of desire. And then it arrives. Because it's bottomless. Exactly. And you're like, oh, no, no, I need more things. And it's... It's fucked up. It is because also the thing is, is this is not really a time to be spending money. Even if you think you've got it, you don't know what's around the corner. It's like, it's not a good habit for me to have. I need to stop. That's what I need to do. But Hol, I'm going <laughs> to quote your mother. Life is a series of little treats it and things is. to look forward to. And if looking forward to it, the thing about online shopping, which is different from in-person shopping as well, is that you get two dopamine hits for the price of one. You get the dopamine hit when you buy it and then you get the dopamine hit when it arrives. And then you get another one when you actually open it. And I get dopamine hits when I get updates. Email, tracking updates. Tracking. Yeah. I've, I've got all my tracking alerts on. So it's yes. being dispatched. But Brent bought a, a ping pong table for the kids that has never arrived. Oh, you know shit. He got scammed. Yeah. He got scammed. Like it was. Oh, an, my God. Did he buy it off Instagram? We had this big thing about how we were going to set up the ping pong table in the garage and that was going to be our wholesome family activity. And every day, no ping pong table. And he's like, they want my bank details to refund the ping pong table. Oh, my God. No, let's stop. So be careful out there, everybody. Be careful out there. And if you have a ping pong table, let me know where you got it. <laughs> Look, we we know that that was a little bit of a privileged discussion. We know we're not we're not perfect, and we're not talking about buying hundreds of dollars worth of items. We don't have all the money in the world, but sometimes it is just little things. And if you need your little dopamine hit today, then may I just circle back to Will Kenya and buying a package or a gift card or something, that will make you feel 10 times as good because it's good for someone else. This is Rachel from Perth. Hi, this is Meg from Melbourne. Hi, this is Julie from Sydney. This is a message for Out Loud. Thanks so much. Uh, love Out Loud. Always listen to it. Think you're, you're all amazing. When I mentioned on the show a little while ago that I had very, very low iron, I got a lot of DMs. Mm. I got a lot of out loud is reaching out to say, hey, you need to get that checked out because it could be something nasty. It could be a cancer of the colon or of the stomach. You could be have unexplained bleeding and you should go and have a colonoscopy. Luckily, I already was having one just completely coincidentally. The out louders are nothing if not helpful. No. They're the most helpful bunch of people. And they're concerned. And similarly, I've got this one person who watches my Instagrams who's very worried about a little red mark I have on my cheek, which is actually pigmentation, but she's concerned that it might be skin cancer. 
and she would like me to go and get it that checked. checked out. Yeah. When was your last skin cancer check? Uh, gosh, I can't remember. Okay. So, look, well, that is on your list. Yeah, it should be on my list. There is actually a name for this kind of calling out and it's called concern trolling. It happened recently with New South Wales MP Victor Dominello. He was on a press conference and then some worried viewers reached out to say, hey, your face is a bit droopy, Victor. You might have Bell's palsy. Now, I could have diagnosed Bell's palsy because I have had it and I also love diagnosing things because I'm pretty much a doctor. You are. You are one of these people. Yeah, I, I really am. Bell's palsy was permanent. It's no, not. No, no. It's <gasps> a it's an inflammation of the nerves in your face that can lead to paralysis. So one side of your face will fall down. Wow. I know. And you usually you often think you're having a stroke, of course, which yeah. some people thought maybe he was having. So and he did have Bell's palsy. He did. And let's just say concern trolling comes from a good place. Always. Yes. It's about how it's received. And it's not always received well. Holly how do you feel when I diagnose you with any number of ailments? <laughs> you do diagnose people with ailments all the time. Yep. Sometimes it's useful and I'll be like, Dr. Mia, this yep. thing has happened with your extensive knowledge of the medical world. What is it? Remember and when Holly, times, e- Holly, yeah. every time you used to cough and Mia would say yes. you had to give up dairy? Remember that? Yeah. Oh, I used to always have to, yeah. I used to have this morning cough. Actually, I don't have that so much anymore. You don't. I don't that. Anyway, and Mia told me I had to give up dairy and there was me at the coffee shop. This is when we actually were in Surrey Hills together and I'd be like, I've got to have soy in my coffee I this said, morning. I said, I think you're lactose intolerant or you have asthma. I said, you might have asthma. <laughs> Mia's giving me. I gave you a range Mia, of options. Mia's told me I can't have milk in my coffee. She didn't tell me that, by the way, out loud. But I was trying. To, I was trying to be a better human, and uh, I don't think that is what it was. I don't think it was lactose intolerance. No, I don't think it was. Uh, to be honest, lately a lot of people on the internet have diagnosed me as a monster after I revealed how many unread text messages I had in my oh, text yeah. folder, and. Many people have said that that gives them extreme anxiety and that my life would be a lot better if I had clicked on every one of those that said things like, yup, or you have a missed call or see you there. But I say, that's not the boss of me. I'll do what I want with my inbox. Is <laughs> that's that? what I say. But then that's weird that that's not your response to health if someone tells you. Yeah, I know. I think it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm always feel very much I'm one of those people who I walk into a doctor's surgery and I'm afraid like I'm not mm. afraid of they get but like they're the boss and I'm very intimidated by their knowledge and I when I'm one of those people who when someone says get a second opinion I'm like oh but that would really upset this doctor mm. <laughs> I'm that person you just come to me for your second opinion although I'm usually I'm usually a first opinion to be fair <laughs> unsolicited even when you haven't asked for this it is, yeah this is the thing is that Concern trolling is almost an unfortunate term because it, trolling makes it sound like it's bad yeah. when often it's not and it can be really helpful. So my it's different when you're family, I know, but my mum made my dad go to the hospital when he had a stroke because she was looking at him going, your face is drooping and this is a worry, let's go. And you hear of so many women doing yeah. that to male partners because men don't prioritise their health and it's a you know it's a genuinely very compassionate thing to do and if I had for example I'm obsessed with skin cancer Irish background I'm just waiting for the day where I get my first skin cancer 
and I will look at other people's bodies all the time. If I was sitting at the beach with a friend, I would go, that mole, it's not looking good to me. You go get that checked out. I would do that in a heartbeat. What do you think about my cheek? Why haven't you ever mentioned it to me? Clearly oh, that's you not, don't care about me. That's not a skin cancer. I can I know tell you it's that. Not, but still. I like there is so much about that that isn't a skin cancer. <laughs> don't even bother getting checked. And you know, your skin t- anyway. What about your low iron? Well, my low iron, what did I have? I think I was also diagnosed with potential colon bowel cancer, I think. And people do get very worried and they they follow up and they say, Jesse, you told us you're getting a stool sample and we didn't get the results. Oh, and what were the results I never that? got a call because the results were fine. Uh. They were really, really fine. And I remember on this podcast once saying that I struggled saying hi to people in the office and someone diagnosed me with autism. I got an influx of emails. I've been diagnosed with depression. It always comes from a really good place. And people think this could be a matter of life or death. Like, especially when it comes to watching someone on television, and this has happened a number of times, and people have gone, that mole doesn't look good. You've got a lump on your neck. I remember that happened. Yes, it happened to that Brie. Brie on Big Brother. Yeah, who used to be, yeah. And it was cancer or something, she wasn't it? She was on Big Brother and she was on TV and a doctor tried to get in contact with her for a year because he noticed a sort of a lump in her neck and it turned out that it was thyroid cancer and that ultimately ended up saving her life because she had no symptoms. But there's certain areas where there is a dark side to it because it's not always well-intentioned, is it, whole like around weight? No. It, I mean, this happens all the time to women who are in the public eye who don't necessarily and not only in the public eye even just on their own social media who don't necessarily fit what our very narrow and misleading idea of what a healthy in inverted commas woman looks like most notably it happens to people who are bigger right so Lizzo has spoken about this she says how people body shame her all the time under the guise of caring about her health I know that one of our former writers, Amy Clark, she got massively concerned trolled once on Mama Mia when she'd posted a live video that then all these people started saying to her, you should really do this and you should really do that. And it was massively upsetting for her. I know that when I spoke about earlier this year about how my doctor had told me to lower my cholesterol and had suggested that losing weight would be good for that, I got an enormous amount of what was from the out louders, I got some very body positive Mm. advice and and feedback for the doctor, let's say. But there's also that undercurrent of pretending that you care about about somebody's health, but really you're just putting your values on them. 100%. And it happens as well with people who say have a facial difference or live with a disability. And you have people, you can't imagine what it might be like to be diagnosed or on the receiving end of concern trolling every single day of your life. And there are people who get that. And I think that where it really becomes sinister is then when you have advice. So it's like, you should try this essential oil. And have you been to see my friend about that yet? And I really think that, you know, your eczema would clear up if you tried X, Y, or Z. That becomes incredibly controlling, which is where I think the danger lies. So it does have a sinister side I think. So what if you're going through something that I've been through and I there's something that really helped me should I tell you what that thing is? Only if I ask I think. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Only if I ask. And I think you can say you can actually say 
do you want me to tell you what helped me in that situation? Uh, I mean, that's a difficult thing mm. to do because someone might feel bad about saying no, but it's like that one of my favorite, well, you know, those satirical greeting cards you can get. There's a brilliant one that says, I'm so sorry you're sick. I promise to never sell you my woo-woo, <laughs> my, my woo-woo elimination diet I found on Reddit. <laughs> I think that that is about the right tone for that. Jessie, you've got a recommendation before we go. I do. It is, it just brought me joy this week. They are an Australian lady startup called Femme Flame Candles. And for ages I've wanted people who spend a lot of time on Pinterest and Instagram will know those beautiful candles that are like in the shape of a woman's body and like quite a curvy kind of beautiful, Mm. almost like an artwork. And the problem with some of those candles is that they don't smell like anything. Like they're just kind of standard wax. And I was like, no, I want one that also smells really nice. And so I went onto this website and they've got incredible smells like sandalwood. I think they've got like sort of a more fruity one. I got the sandalwood one and I think I got a vanilla one as well. And they smell so, so beautiful. And I also bought, hopefully my friend doesn't listen to this, but my friend who is pregnant, I bought her one that's like a pregnant body and it's really, really oh, beautiful. Oh, so nice. And then do you light it? Well, well, you can, but then she's going to lose her breasts, uh, which I don't want. So I don't think How I do will. I feel about setting fire to yeah, a, a woman's, woman's body? I, woman. I yeah. don't think we light them. I think they just, mm. I have mine sitting like on sculpture. a mantelpiece. And it makes the area smell really good. Mm. They're not overly expensive. The ones I bought were like 17 bucks each. They were they were beautiful. So Femme Flames, we will put it in the show notes. They're stunning. I'll pop that into my bottomless pit of desire. Yes. That is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud. It was produced by Emma Gillespie, the executive producer of Mamma Mia Out Loud, is Eliza Ratliff. If you want to hear more from me, Holly Wainwright, go to this glorious mess. Honestly, last week I had the best conversation with a woman who's been working here at Mamma Mia for a little while called Kathy O'Brien, and she talked to me a very relatable story about how women who are taking a break from the workforce, maybe because they've had kids, feel entirely invisible, and how she got the confidence back to apply for a job after a gap of more than a decade. It is a brilliant, quite emotional conversation. She's an out louder. Love her. Love her. Hi, Kathy. Yeah, that's so great. I can't wait to listen to that. I'm Mia Friedman. Oh, no, it's the end of the show, isn't it? Yes. Okay. But, I mean, so you are. If you, want to, <laughs> you still are, though. I'm ready to go again. <laughs> I am still Mia Friedman at the end of the show, but if you want to hear more from me, and my God, why wouldn't you? I have got such a great episode of No Filter this week. I interview a woman called Penny Moody. She has obsessive compulsive disorder, has battled it since she was a really little kid. And we talk about the various ways that OCD has manifested itself and how it's just not, you know, and people go, I'm just so OCD about how I stack the dishwasher or how I, you know, go through my emails. That's really a misrepresentation of what it is. And one of the most interesting things we spoke about is relationship OCD and how that manifests really fascinating no filter wherever you get your podcasts i'm still jesse stevens and for more from me you can listen to cancelled which comes out on tuesdays this week was all about lance armstrong oh Um, the cyclist spoiler alert he's a lion cheat (laughs) did he have cancer though he did but he still lied and cheated so it's a complicated story and then on thursday true crime conversations we are doing a feature month on women who kill first episode is a fascinating one 
we will see you on Friday. Bye. 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 Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.